Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Music City 901. I'm your host, Brandon Hall, and we're going to call this one Part 3 of the Nashville Christmas Bombing. Going to be going over the 911 calls. We have several of those to go over, and also the the call to the police of a year prior trying to report the bomber actually being reported uh, as making bombs. And some details about that, some other details along the way as well, some of the aftermath still, and uh, just really a bunch of information today. But because we have so much of it, we're going to go ahead and get the first call rolling and go into a little bit of details about it. 911, what is the address of your emergency? 178 2nd Avenue North. 178 2nd Avenue North? Yes. Okay, what's the phone number you're calling from? I don't want to give it. Okay, what's your name? Brian. Brian, what's going on there? There have been three rounds of gunshots inside the building. First about seven or eight minutes ago, and then about five minutes ago. What floor are the shots on? I can't tell. Okay. It's a a four-story building. Four-story building, okay. And it has an atrium within the middle of the building, so there's four units on each floor. And there's four floors, and there's an open atrium. Okay. Did you see or hear anything else? No. They're in the building. Okay. And just to verify, it's going to be 178 2nd Avenue North, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk to officers when they come out? No. I'm too scared to come out of the apartment. Okay, well, I want to advise going out of the apartment, okay? But I'm going to go ahead and let you go. If something changes or gets worse, give us a call back. Please tell me, though, how are the cops going to get into the building? What do you mean? How are they going to get into the building to investigate this? What do you mean, how the cops going to get inside? Well, there's gunshots going on in the building. Well, the officers would take every precaution they can to get inside the building to make sure everything's okay. Okay. Okay, you're welcome. So those of you who were not familiar with kind of the time frame that this happened and the way that it kind of played out and everything, the RV from security videos, things like that, it showed up there on second Avenue where this all happened at around one twenty-two in the morning. There wasn't too much going on. I mean, it's just, you know, regular downtown middle of the night type stuff. People that live down there, most of them were already asleep. This call that we just heard came in at 5.26 in the morning about shots fired. Sounded like they were inside the building. I don't know if that's actually been confirmed or not. I still haven't heard exactly. But there were uh, a few calls stating just that, that there were, there were shots fired in the building. So we had several reports of it. This guy here, obviously scared. If if, if I'm hearing gunshots inside a building that I live in, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pretty scared. I'm, I'm going to be on pretty heightened alert. Now, on this, the dispatcher did what she could to, you know, get what information, but being that he was inside the building, he didn't see anything, it, you know, it was pretty obvious. There was not much he could give other than the amount of shots he's heard and kind of the frequency of them, which he gave. Now, as far as him asking about how the officers are going to get in the building, a lot of downtown areas, the officers have been in these buildings before. They have codes to get in. 
you know, most of them they do, especially like this area there. The the vast majority of those those places have been they're occupied and they've passed along uh, access codes to the police so they can easily get in and out if there's any type of emergency, like a medical emergency, whatever like that. But overall with this one, pretty scary stuff. You're woken up at 526 in the morning by somebody shooting, likely or maybe inside your building. And there was a little bit of audio bleed over from, I think it may have been another call that they were recording in the background. I'm not exactly sure. I checked multiple sources on that and that's just the way it is. I guess sometimes with calls like that, it's just, you know, everybody makes a little mistake, not a big deal, but we'll go ahead and get in the next call. Metro national nine one one. What is the address of your emergency? One six, six second Avenue North. Is that off the church and commerce? Yes. What's the phone number you're calling from? It's just the building. I'm calling from, um... What's your name? My name is Kim. Kim, is there a name for that building? It's called the Ray Building. Um, R-H-E-A. But I don't need any police inside the building. We're hearing gunshots on the street. Okay. Um, how many shots did you hear? We've heard it happen three times now. And each time, it sounds like it's six or seven shots. And it's happened, like, it happened, and then, like, 30 minutes later, it happened. And then, again, like, 20 minutes later, it happened. Okay. We haven't seen anything. I'm afraid to. It happened about, what, I think 10 minutes ago? Yeah. 10 minutes ago. They're coming. Okay. It happened about 10 minutes ago the last time. We haven't seen anything, however. You haven't seen anything else or heard anything else? No. It's been about 10 minutes. We haven't seen or heard anything. And, you know, we haven't raised our shades because we're trying not to draw any attention to our windows. Yeah. All right. It looks like we already have a call. And we do have the officers on it already. Oh, has somebody else already called? Yeah, someone else called. Uh, We do have officers. Actually, one's outside that building. Yeah, I hear somebody out there right now. Thank you so much. No problem. You have a good day. Okay, bye. So there we have kind of more of the same, not exactly. This uh, caller actually says the gunshots are coming from outside, which likely was the case. There were still some conflicting reports. Uh, I don't think I've still heard anything that's concrete one way or another. Most likely it came from the, the speakers that the RV had rigged up, the loudspeakers outside that was announcing the the message that we have played on the show you know, before. Then there's still some talk as to why there were gunshots that were played over the speakers, if that was the case. If it was to try to draw law enforcement down there, if it was try to gain the attention of people to where they'll wake up and hear this message, we might not ever know the actual answer to that. That call came in at 534. The next one is at 538. 911, what is the address of your emergency? It's 2nd Avenue North. We have a recording out here saying there's a limited time to evacuate this area on one on Second Avenue North in downtown Nashville. Is that you guys? Second Avenue North. Where at on Second? One sixty six Second Avenue North. There's a recording out there that's saying there's a limited time to evacuate this area. There's a large bomb inside this vehicle. Hmm. Um. Let me check and see what we got. Can you please send the police up here? 
<laughs> Meanwhile, I'm getting dressed. Can you please send the police up here? Yeah, we definitely can. 166 2nd Avenue North. It looks like we have them I'm right sorry, out. I'm sorry, I'm in a panic. Okay. Um, the, we do have officers right out out there, like right near 178, which is right. Right. Are they right. reporting anything about this recording that we're hearing? Um, we got, like, a call about shots being heard. Yeah, shots, but now there's a, there's, there's a sound on there that says there's a limited time to evacuate this area. There's a large bomb inside the vehicle that is playing over and over and over outside. Gotcha. And I was just concerned that that's the police car saying that. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, um, I don't see anything in this call, but they are out there, so I don't know. Okay, have an okay thank you. I'm going to look out the window. Do you want thank to you. speak to an officer? No, no, no. I'm just going to get dressed real quick. <laughs> Thank you. All Merry right. Christmas. Bye. Merry Christmas. Bye. So as I said, that one was at 5:38. The message has started up. People obviously are waking up. They're hearing this thing now. Uh, they're getting kind of panicky. This woman was, you know, no exception to that. And as I've mentioned in other episodes, she wasn't completely panicked at, the, at this point, but she was on her way there. I could tell just because she kept talking as the dispatcher was trying to talk. That happens quite a bit. But luckily, in the state that she was in, she actually did manage to, you know, get her clothes on and was leaving the area. I'm glad that she was able to do that. But I can't imagine a scene like this down there with this going off, the the, the message going off like that. As the officers walked by the uh, in the actual body cam video, you could hear them talking and saying, this is really weird. It's like it's something out of a movie, like it's out of the, that movie Purge. And I can see that. I mean, it, it really does sound that way. So as I said, that was 5.38 in the morning, Christmas morning. Things keep progressing, you know, little by little as we go up in, in each call. Then we have the next one. Oh, my God. What is the address of your emergency? Oh, my God, sir. My entire building just fell down, and it's collapsing. I live at 162nd Avenue North. Please come. Please so come. the entire building just collapsed? The roof, the roof is collapsing in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Stay with me. Oh, my God. You're okay. You oh said 167 oh up north, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. Maybe it's just my... I don't know what's going on. Ralph, come on. Ralph, okay. come on. Stay with me. I'm getting my shoes now. Yeah, I'm getting my shoes. I'm going downstairs now. Okay, ma'am. Oh, my what God. What is your name? Mallory Lucien. Mallory Lucien. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Oh my God. Stay with me. Maybe Stay it's just me. my roof. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're you're perfectly fine. Stay with me. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. You're okay. You're doing great. Stay with me. Okay. I just I need to get my keys. I need to. I don't know where they are. I don't know. How you said you have kids with you. Okay. No, just my dog. Okay. I got him. What's the phone number you're calling? Oh my God. Everyone's out. Oh my God! I've got to get up. Oh my gosh! Well, all right, six. We have to get out. We can't be up here. All right, come on, come on, Ralph. It's. Oh my God! I think it's an explosion. Ralph, watch out! All right, ma'am. We already have re- we have responders on the way. Okay, I need to go. Nine one one, back up. I want you to get out of that place immediately. Already. Okay, I need to let you go. Yeah, get we're out all going out. Okay, bye. Right, thank you. So at this point, I'm actually walking in. I'm literally walking in. I'm walking over to my radio. It's about 628, 629. I do see the 911 board light up. In Nashville, we have radio dispatchers, someone that actually is just working on the radio. They do that only. And then we have the call takers. That's the only thing they're doing is taking calls. 
So they're only taking calls. Like I said, right then, I'm assigned to the radio, and I've mentioned that the radio I have is um, kind of a countywide type radio where they have it. It is all the detectives. It's all the auxiliary units. Um, some of the, you know, during the midnight shift and into early morning uh, day shift, which is what I work. There's not a lot of officers that are on duty at that point, but there are always officers that are monitoring. You know, there's there's always officers on the air. There's we're 24 seven there. There always are. And as I said, in one of the earlier episodes of the other earlier parts of this, I walk in and the, the person I'm uh, getting the radio from says there was an, uh, there was a vehicle downtown that had a message going off saying there's a bomb going off and that it just exploded. So this is right when I'm walking in, everybody from our day shift is walking in to, to catch this. And as we heard there, the explosion happened couple of the buildings collapsed, the roofs collapsed, um, not completely on the building collapses, but uh, the roofs did collapse. As we've learned since then, I believe seven of the buildings downtown are not going to be uh, able to be moved back in without extensive uh, repairs. Uh, they may have to be torn down. They're, it's still kind of in the preliminary looking stage to see what kind of structural damage they have, all that kind of stuff. But as we can hear in that call, for very good reason, this woman is, is panicking. She's trying to get her family together to get them out of the place, uh, get people dressed, all that. And in a call like this, all you can really do is get what they're giving you from, you know, being there on the scene. But at the same time, you want to get them out of harm's way as quickly as you can. That's kind of what was happening there. There's, she's trying to report and the dispatcher's trying to type in. This is something that, uh, that dispatchers in general, we don't get every day. It's all new to us, a lot of us anyway, uh, myself included. I've, I don't believe I'll have to really, really think hard, but I don't think I've had a, an actual bomb explosion, certainly not one like this before while I was working on duty. So sometimes like you get a call like this and it's going to catch you a little bit off guard. And I think that may have been what happens with uh, happened with everybody when the 911 line started going off like they did. It doesn't happen like that Christmas morning every year. It's very slow. I mean, it's incredibly slow on Christmas morning. You know, you can sit there for sometimes a half hour or more without getting a phone call. People are there, you know, they're doing their family stuff. Nobody's fighting yet. For the most part, there's always the exception, but for the most part, nothing really is going on. So to have a bomb go off downtown Nashville at 630 in the morning, that's just not something that's common at all. 911, what's the address of emergency? I don't know what the address is. I work in Skarmahorn Symphony Center, and it was close to the AT&T building. There was a big explosion. Okay. You said close to the Symphony Center. I have you at 1214th Avenue South by the Hilton Hotel. Is that correct? No, ma'am. The Symphony Center is one symphony place. Is that where you're at right now? Yes, it's down... I believe it's down 3rd Avenue. I didn't see anything fall or anything, but uh -huh. there was a big explosion. Okay, excuse me. And it was closer towards the AT&T building. Towards the AT&T uh, building? Yes, okay. on 3rd. Hang on one second. Why is it not bring it up? There it is. He said that you heard an explosion? Zero, six. Uh, yeah, there's a big explosion on top of a building. Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. I got you. 
Okay, what is your name? My name is Joseph Kitchens. <laughs> I'm a security guard for Scrummer Horn. Okay, I got you. And what is the phone number you're calling me from in case I get disconnected? Okay. And you said it came from towards the AT&T building? Yes, on the 3rd Avenue. It's in between 3rd and 4th, but they'll be able to get easier access on 3rd. Okay, did you hear or see anything else? I heard the explosion, and I seen the, the explosion on top of the building. You saw it on top of the building? Yes. At the AT&T building? Uh, no, not the AT&T building. One of the buildings closest to it. Okay. 32 and zero one second. Okay. And did you want to speak to officers, Joseph? You, you can send them over here if you want to. Okay. Okay, I'm going to update the call we already have, okay? Do you see right, any fire you. or anything else? Yes, there was a, a big fiery explosion on top of the building. Okay. That's right, what I've seven. seen. But I'm nowhere near. I'm not getting anywhere close to it. I'll tell you that. That scared the All crap right, out no, of me. Absolutely. All right, sir, you do. You keep yourself safe, okay? If anything else changes or worsens, you give us a call back. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. So this one was somebody that was off scene from the actual explosion itself. To give you an idea kind of where this guy was, uh, if you're looking on a map from the top, from above head, Second Avenue runs north and south off of Broadway. Where this happened was about one block, oh, about a block and a half, two blocks north of Broadway between Commerce and Church Street. This guy was actually down. Uh, he was between Third and Fourth Avenue. That's where this is where he was talking about. Is where the National Symphony plays at. It's a very big, very nice building, and it's. It actually sits about a block down and a block over from where all this happened at. So he was seeing the explosion. As he said, it, it looked like it was on top of the building. He saw it from a couple blocks away over the tops of the building. This explosion, when it went up, it from his vantage point, it would have absolutely looked like it came on the top of the building. But he didn't actually see the, the building itself blowing up like on the top. He just saw the flames coming up from the top. There's been video released of security uh, cameras from various angles, even across the, the river from where this happened at. And you can see a large explosion that happened. You can see it go over the top of the buildings like that. So that's likely what he was seeing. Just the huge fireball that actually happened from the explosion itself, not necessarily the tops of the buildings blowing up. And then we roll on to the next call past that. 911, what is the address of your emergency? It is at 2nd Avenue and I believe Church of Commerce Street. There was just a massive explosion downtown with a huge fireball. I'm at the Encore Apartments on the 15th floor. Just shook all the windows and just, yeah. Yep, they, oh, we're getting a bunch of calls on it. Yep. Uh, yep, I'll let you, it, yeah, it's, I, I can't see anything. It looks like I, I can't see through the smoke right now to see exactly what building it is. Yeah, it's right, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's right near one. Right in the middle, right near Church Second. Okay. Oh my God, that's terrifying! It looks like something's on fire still. Are you okay? I'm okay. You're yes. okay. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, they they are. Um, we have officers there. We're getting the fire department out as well. Okay. Um, thank you so much. Th thank you. Bye. 
So that, again, was kind of the same type of thing. Uh, that guy, the Encore Apartments, that's actually kind of uh, almost right there along the same lines of where the, the last guy over by the National Symphony, he's maybe a half a block away from him. And obviously, like he was saying, up at the 15th floor, he had a pretty good advantage about what this what was happening over there. He said some of the buildings looked like they still they were still on fire, which they were. Uh, they had a lot of uh, they had the buildings on fire. A couple of the cars were still on fire. I mean, it, it really was a cluster down there, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger as we went along. And from that, with the fire and everything like that, uh, there was some recordings uh, that were put out from the fire department. Their response uh, it was from a local scanner, and it's uh, it's it's a lengthy call uh, set of calls. Um, well, I say set of calls. It's radio traffic. Um, I'll uh, start playing them. I'll kind of do what I did on the last episode and just kind of talk above to give a little insight as to what they're talking about when they're they're saying it. Uh, we'll we'll see about playing all of it. I, I don't know that we'll have to do the whole thing, but just to give you an idea of what, what was going on down there on the scene from the fire department's perspective, which also we're working that, that aspect as well. Our, our center does the entire thing, so we were part of that as well. District 9. Yes, ma'am. We've had some type of explosion, looks like, from the Broadway area. All of Station 9 is responding, trying to locate. Copy that. And just so you guys we're getting several uh, alarms downtown as well now. Copy. Let's hold off on dispatching just any of the alarms so we can figure out what this is, because it's probably going to all be related. Copy that. And they were all related. And, uh, if you will, go ahead and give me a uh, work in the channel. Uh, looks like it's going to be up in the area of the courthouse. Let's go ahead and dispatch this as a structure fire with a full assignment. Give me a working channel till I can get you an exact address. Uh, let's go ahead and put it in as Second uh, Avenue and Gay. So what are you saying there, Second Avenue and Gay? That's that's actually about a block, two blocks north of where this actually happened at. Um, from his vantage point, uh, he was a, a bit back off from it. So he may have been seeing this a little bit differently than, you know, where it actually was. He was just kind of giving an estimate from what he could see. And as far as the full response for a structure fire, what he was saying is, uh, go ahead and start. That's going to be for a structure fire downtown in one of those buildings. It would be likely considered commercial. I don't, I don't think he mentioned anything about it being a high rise or anything of that nature, but it would be somewhere around four fire engines, two fire trucks, a, a heavy rescue, uh, likely an ambulance along with them and then a few district chiefs to handle all the safety issues so it's a lot of pieces of equipment that actually were headed down there district nine all responding units and be on uh second avenue north and commerce let's everybody stop in second brawl figure out what's going on all right big one do you have any channel this District 9 to all units, let's stay back two blocks. Repeat, stay back two blocks. We've had some type of large explosion so we can figure out what's going on. So what he meant there uh, a couple of seconds ago about saying, have you got me a channel? They don't all work off the same channel. They do initial dispatch on one channel, and then they assign a second channel uh, for any type of operations they have. For this, it would be a what they call a tactical operating channel. It's a separate channel. It's dedicated to this incident and this incident only. There's no other radio traffic. You know, say if there's a medical call for some little lady that fell down on a patch of ice or something like that, that's going on a different channel. They only handle this call like a big call on a, a tactical operating channel. So that's what they're asking for on this. 
can cancel. I'm already in District 28, you can cancel. Truck 9, District 9. District 9 to all responding units. I need you to stay black. One more. We've had a large explosion. If we can figure out what's going on, make sure we don't have any secondaries. B6, this is District 9. District 9, go ahead. Give me a second alarm. Have my second alarm stage at 5th and Broadway. Repeat, second alarm stage at 5th and Broadway. And by second alarm, he means uh, when we get a second alarm, I'm not sure if it's the same everywhere else, but in Nashville, a second alarm is a exact copy of the first alarm. So the first alarm is the initial response they got. All those units I said, it's a complete duplicate of that. So they're getting twice as many units as they were before. Copy, fifth alarm, uh, second alarm, stage at fifth and Broadway. Uh, show me in route, please. Copy. District 9 to Indian 2, where you're at. Truck 9, District 9. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Jeff, we're going to come around from uh, Church Street and get on the north side of this stage on Church Broad. Copy. I want everybody to stay at least one block away till we figure out exactly what's going on. We've got structural damage for at least one solid block. Command Engine 2, what's your location? On a medic run. Uh, Truck 9, District 9 on 1st Avenue, Rhodesio. There's uh, wood and glass blown out all over 1st Avenue. Okay. Command, what engines do I have on the scene in addition to Engine 9? Looks like Engine 9, Engine 12, and Engine 2 are all headed your way. Copy. Command to Engine 12 or Engine 2. Engine 12. District 17 BC, would you show me en route? My computer's not up yet. Command engine 12. Same as all we are. Come in off of 3rd Avenue Church Street. Catch you a plug in that area, but hold back. That's copy. We just got off St. Robinson. We're passing the courthouse. We can turn on 3rd. So what he's saying there, they're getting everybody ready to start fighting a fire if they have to. They're, he's directing the units in where he needs where they need to go to. And when he says a plug, that means a fire hydrant. That's what we call them here in Nashville. We call them plugs. So if, uh, you know, where he's going to, he's going to go and get them set up as close to a, a fire hydrant as they can. Go ahead and have them hook up to it, have it ready to go. So when they're given the okay, they can start fighting the fires that are down there immediately. They're just setting up and getting everything ready to go. Copy. Command the engine two. Copy. Go ahead and the plug. Thank you, to Command. Be aware some of those buildings have apartments of them. Copy. Command is being sick. You just want you to come on the scene to command that location other than companies already have an assignment. Command to all units. Command to all units are confirmed with PD. This is an explosive device. I need everybody to stay back at least one block. Engine 12 at 3rd Church on the plug. Rescue 12 at 3rd Church. Medic 2. Hanging in broad. Engine 19 is right. Second Avenue Command Fire System. 
All right, Susan, go ahead. Okay, Chief, here we got They responded on the shots fired. They pulled up, they had an RV. They were notified there was an explosive device in the RV, and then it detonated. Uh, right in the middle of 2nd Avenue, in between Gay and Commerce, DB has around. I've got everybody holding one block off. I've also requested USAR, but we're not going to send anybody down so uh, we can hear that DOD folks. We do have fire, but it appears to be just the vehicle in the middle of the road. We've got heavy structural damage, multiple buildings, and a lot of those buildings have apartments, but I don't know if they're occupied at this time. I don't have anybody come out. So what he was saying there, he was just kind of giving a rundown to the actual fire chief, the the main fire chief that was on duty at the time. Uh, he may or I'm, I'm sure he probably knew uh, what was going on, but he was not completely aware. Uh, as he was saying, he's the Second Avenue Command District Nine was. He was the one down on the scene. He was just trying to give an update to the the, the fire actress Catherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over sixteen thousand dogs. Says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints odors and health than ever before she believes there's a link between canine health and diet after extensive research she developed superfood complete a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend superfood complete isn't just about deliciousness though dogs love the taste it's about supporting overall well-being in addition to providing a healthy option for your pet badlands ranch the maker of superfood complete also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC911 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com MC911 today. Chief that's on due to the time. Now he said he's uh, starting USAR, which is the Urban Search and Rescue, just in case they had to go in these buildings and try to find people that might have still been in there. Copy, I'll be there in just a second. Engine 19's on the scene. Squatty, where do you want us to stay, Jeff? We're up here at Church Commerce. Engine 9 can hit the fire with a deck gun if you would like that. It looks like two vehicles on fire. And uh, I think it's far enough along the building right now that it's uh, not. But it is that AT&T building that houses all the communications. That's a copy. Well, let's stand by just a minute. Let me get eyes on it. It's too sick, man. Hi. Everybody still stay back. Apparently there's ammunition in the vehicles that are cooking off. Engine out, hold off on pouring any water right now. I've got eyes on it. If we can, we're just going to let that try to burn out, but we'll keep an eye on that AT&T building. Engine 9, copper. Engine 5 is uh, on the plug. They're going to be our water supply. Copy. District 19 Command, where are you located at? I'm at third and gay, Chief. Uh, technically, I guess it's third and church. Engine two, command. Command, go. Engine two is on the plug. It's second and bank. That's a copy. Thank you. 
and to give you an idea of some of the locations they're given, uh, the one district said he's at, uh, he initially said third and gay, but then he revised it to third and church. So from where the explosion happened at, that's about one block over and about a half a block up. The uh, engine two said that he's at second and bank street. That's about a block and a half directly North and within eyesight of where this is going on. Next 12, 12, 12, 19, you want to take command? Command, do we have an EMS chief on the scene? District 17, I'm 30 seconds out. Uh, yeah, I'll set up your medical branch, and where would you like for me to have the medic unit stage? Chief, let's keep him down on Broadway. Let's say third and Broadway. And if you'll go ahead and get this basically to a separate channel, please. That's affirmative. I'm a scene, and I'm staging at third and Broadway. Medic units report third and broad. Copy, 12 to third and broad. EMS system to command. I'm on the scene up here with you. Rescue to the command. We have victims in the building above Dick's. We're going to get as many out as we can. Copy. I'm going to stage your EMS units, then I'll have them come in on second. Uh, right there at Commerce, the stage, and I'll get you some help. Command to Engine and Rescue 12. If you report to me at 2nd and Church, I'm going to sign you with Rescue 2. Command to Responding USAR, are you in route yet? Captain on Engine 9, I'm going to be with you, dude. Here, still with the engine. That's copy. Church 3 is on the scene Church and 3rd. Engine 5 is moving towards Rescue 2 to assist them in uh, getting people out. District 19 on the scene. Engine 19 on the scene. I'm... Truck 9 command. Truck 9 is staged on 2nd and Union. Uh, wait for assignment. Medical branch to all medic units. B7 will be our operating channel. B7 will be our operating channel. Switch up. So the reason they're doing this as far as getting an, an additional channel over top of what they got going on, they're moving the, the medical branch to the, the next channel up. That way they can do their own operations on that channel without impeding any type of uh, actual operations that are going on on the, on the other channel. So they're, they're separating the fire from the EMS because there's a lot of units going on this and there's going to be a lot of chatter. They try to separate it down into different branches like that. So you have the main command, and then you have your medical branch past that. 29 on the scene, reporting to command. District 8 on the scene, reporting to command. Medical branch, I was directed. You just set up an MCI. Did we heard any uh, number of victims as of yet? Operations to engine 9. Get ready to deploy your deck on the fires until you get my order. Air 19, you're out. Operations to staging. Engine 3 on scene behind Tiller 9. Engine 3, get your crew together. Report to me at uh, 2nd and Church. I'm going to have you assist Rescue 2 with uh, Rescue. Operations to Rescue 2. How are you on manpower, Cap? Command operations, medical branch is going to be on B7. Rescue to the command, we're sending all occupants of this uh, loft to Second Commerce. 
Copy that, Cap. I've got ambulances come to that location. We're sitting up triage there. How are you on manpower? What else do you need up there? Scotty, I think we're good. So far, most everybody seems uh, minor to no injuries, but uh, the building is pretty devastating. So one of the things he mentioned there is an MCI. For us, that's considered a mass casualty incident. You may have heard that with other, you know, big incidents around the nation. Uh, for us, mass casualty incident, it's it, it's anything over four people that are injured. Uh, at this point, we are still gathering information. This is still very early on in all this. We don't know how many people are actually hurt. There could be, you know, there could be nobody hurt at all. There could be hundreds of people hurt. We just don't know. So we went ahead and when we get with something like that, we notify the local hospitals and let them know what's going on and to expect people to be coming in. They get all their nurses ready. They've got their own protocols. I'm not exactly sure what they do, but it just kind of gives everybody a heads up. Copy. I'm going to go ahead and open the deck gun up on these vehicles on the road so we can take that out of the equation. Just make sure all your folks are out of the way of the street. You good with that, Cap? Operations to Engine 9. Once you get your water supply going, let's go ahead and hit what fires you can from your end. And I'm going to pull Engine 2 down. I don't think you can reach these vehicles on the upper end. I'm going to let Engine 2 hit this end. District 28, I'm on the scene. I am located down here with Engine 5, Engine 19, and Rescue 2. Engine 5, copy. Rescue 13 on the scene, reporting to command. Operations to District 28. Chief, if you want to run the rescue group for me with Rescue 2, if you want to take charge of that group, I'd appreciate it. That's not bad. I'll be as soon as I get with you. Command operation. Command operation. Engine 9P2, Engine 9P1. Disregard. Just say that again. Operations to Rescue 2. Rescue 2, go ahead. I believe this building's going to be clear. Yeah, I believe we got everybody out, uh, but there is some other buildings that have lost some things above them, Scotty. Copy. How many victims do you end up with total, Cap? Uh, I couldn't tell you an accurate number, but I'd say probably 20 to 30 people were evacuating out of here. They were uh, pretty panicked, so it's kind of hard to keep count. Copy. How many of them are going to need medical attention? Maybe one or two that I saw. I sent them to Second Commerce. Walking wounded. District Specialized C to Command. Where are you located? Command is going to be down here at Church and Second. Moving back up to Third. Fourth, Third. Operations to Rescue Two. Once you're out of that building, I need you to pull back. Operations to all units. We're extending the perimeter. Want everybody back either to Broadway, First Avenue, Union Street, or Fourth Avenue. Nobody any closer. Rescue two to command. We're going to declare this building the 130 loss clear. Copy that, Cap. And I understand about the other buildings, but due to those risks, we are pulling everybody back. So once you're out, I need you to get you back to Broadway. Copy that. Engine 9, engine 12. 
Go ahead, engine nine. Are you still wanting uh, deck unplug on RV? Operation rescue system building. We've just had a collapse. So one of the things they were saying just there about having everybody pull back once they were done with their uh, search and rescue on the inside of the buildings they were at, they want to pull everybody out and get them out of the buildings. That was for good reason. One of the buildings did collapse right then. So if they would have been inside the building, they would have had, you know, firefighters go down. I'm pretty sure that a lot of those people that were in the building, they self evacuated directly after this. I mean, they, they saw what happened. So, and they, you know, the, the actual buildings they were in, the walls were knocked out. The windows were knocked out. They they managed to get out. On one of the previous episodes I talked about with the the police body camera, that was some of the people that, that got out there. They ran across the street, and they came directly from one of the buildings that were uh, across the street that blew up. Rescue 2, we're coming out. Rescue 2, engine 12P1, location. Four on the uh, medicine. That's firm, Chief. We are cannibal. Engine 12P1, come on out, Cap. We've been the building, sir. Engine 5 Star, we'll uh, rescue two people. Operations to truck 9. I need you to assemble the. Hey, clear, Bailey. Operations, what other company do I have on the scene? Truck 3. Truck 3, I need you to assemble your RID equipment and report to me at 30. Church is my second RIC team. Truck 3, copy. Truck 9, copy. Land District 28. District 28. You have all of you out of the building. What's your location? Engine 9, District 9, you're going to sit down. It's clear, Bailey. Station 13, and we're going to be staged at the corner of 2nd and Union. District 28, command, we have five personnel and civilians out of the building. We're going to pull back to Broadway. We do have a part down here. Copy, Chief. Thank you. Rescue 1 is on the scene at 2nd Broadway. Air 19 stage, second union. Sure, nine operators. Hey, we've got our rig assembled. We're going to stage at second and uh, in church. Third and church, want to keep you pulled back. We don't want anybody up to uh, second that close up. Truck nine copy. Command District 28. District 28. We're going to assume the south sector, this event, south sector, and uh, you'll be as broad as second, I believe. Is that your location? Uh, got that. EMS Branch is on B7, Medic 25, switch up to B7. Rescue 12, B2 to Rescue 12, B1. Go. Capper with the engine at second in commerce. Captain. Uh, Op 
operations to all units on the scene. Make sure everybody understands this is our perimeter. Fourth Avenue North, First Avenue North, Broadway, and Union Street. We've got it divided into four sectors. First should be District 19, Chief Spring. East sector will be First Avenue South, District 29, Chief Hargis. North sector, Second and Union, District 8, Chief Jones. South sector, Second and Broadway. The 28 Chief Hogan. If you're in those sectors, you work to that particular chief. Do not penetrate inside of these sectors without prior approval. We're waiting on EOD to come in and clear the scene. So what's going on there is he's dividing up people north and south of where the actual incident happened at. They've got a ton of units down there. There's a lot. Of, I mean, as you can see, there's constant radio traffic. It's, it's just it's kind of chaotic at this point down there. So to kind of divide up everybody else to where they're not overlapping, they branch out the command they have. They assign another chief for a sector for the North sector and South sector. They've got people North of the incident, people South of the incident. They got a medical branch. Each one of them have their own kind of, it's almost like a smaller command. It's one person that they report to. And then when information is gathered by those people, they can report it to the entire command. That's where you hear things like chain of command. That's how this works on this. They have it set up pretty well. It's going pretty well on this too. So are they where you can visibly see that? You just know that you have people still in the building and which building are you talking about? Uh, we are right in Taco Bell and outside talking to it. It's uh, like an Airbnb place. Tell them they need to evacuate. I need everybody pulled out. Do not go in the building to search. Anybody you can see, I need them out. Tell them we've got to have the scene cleared by EOD before we can make entry back. District 28 Command, we do have one person in a building down here. We told him to come out, so we'll back on up. That's Chief. Truck 9, Engine 2. Engine 2, Truck 9, go ahead. Hey, what's your location? We got one of your uh, crew with us. Second in Union. North sector to operation. Operations, go ahead. Hey, uh, I'm staying the quarter of the Union. I get six units up here with me. 813, half is 13, truck 9, 82. So that's where the audio that I have cuts off. You can tell, like I said, it's been, it's chaotic down there. It's over the top. There's a lot of units talking. It's nonstop. And I just, I kind of wanted to give you an idea from the fire department's aspect and especially the fire department dispatcher side, even though you didn't hear him talking very much on there at the first of it, they do after a while though, there's, there's not too much that we can jump in there and interject with unless there's some pertinent information. Uh, it sounds like they were gathering most of the information down on the scene, so there's not too much that we can pass along to them. They're doing their searches and their rescues, uh, evacuating people out. They had to pull out themselves after a while for good reason. They didn't know if there was going to be any, as they said, secondaries going off down there. So go ahead and pull everybody back a couple blocks. That way, if there are any secondary explosive devices that go off, the actual person personnel down there on the scene are going to be safe.
the next call I'm going to get into is a little bit different. It didn't actually happen there that day. This is the one I was talking about that actually happened last year. It was the attorney calling in. This this was call was made on August 21st of 2019. I'll just go ahead and play it, and we'll talk about some of the details of it afterwards. Metro Nashville 911, what is the address of your emergency? Well, I'm not exactly sure. Let me explain to you what I got. I'm, I'm an attorney here in Nashville, have been about 30 years. My name is Ray Throckmorton. Phone number I'm calling from is, and that is my personal cell phone. I have a client who has called me this morning, and her full legal name is Pam Pamela Perry. And she has made a number of, of threats about her own life, and I believe her to be at the following address. It is 3816 Seifert Lane spelled S-Y-F-E-R-T. That's Nashville, Tennessee, 37211. I am on my way to that address right now. She is armed. She has firearms. She has told me that this morning. She is supposedly with the firearms on the front porch. But I can tell you that if a bunch of police cars and ambulances pull up with sirens wailing and lights flashing, that she will shoot herself. So I need a police officer to meet me over there where maybe I can defuse this situation. Okay, I don't want you going right to the house, but just repeat the address for me for verification. It is 3816 Seifert, S-Y-F-E-R-T, Lane, okay, Nashville, is, Tennessee. Okay, is this a house apartment or a duplex, do you know? Uh, it's a home over in, in the Tusculum area okay. uh, off of Haywood Lane. Okay. What is Pamela's description? Is she white, black, Hispanic, Asian? She is white. She's middle-aged. I don't know. Pamela's, what, uh, maybe mid-50s? Yeah. Last time I saw her, she had red hair. Yeah. Two. Last time I saw her, she had dyed her hair red. Okay. And I understand that it was the suicidal threats, but tell me exactly what happened, what she said. She has uh, threatened uh, to take her own life. And she has also given me information about another uh, resident of that part of Nashville who is, um, I think, also got some mental and emotional problems, who is allegedly building bombs in his house on Bakertown Road, which is right off of Antioch Pike. And I have reason to believe that there might actually be more truth to what she's telling me about him than what she's telling me about herself. Okay. So that's not happening at this address. Is that correct? It, it is not. What is the, hold on. Do we know the Bakertown Road address? I, I'm going to have to look it up. Okay. That's okay. Uh, and and, and that guy's name, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell that to the officer when you get uh, there, but I'm on the way right now. Yeah, I don't want you to go right to the house. So what kind of vehicle are you in? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a black uh, Chevy uh, Avalanche uh, with tinted windows and, and uh, yeah. Is there okay. somewhere that they can, yeah, yeah, I don't want you going right to the house. So is there somewhere that they Yeah, I'm not going right to the house. I can meet you just back from the house on Ezel uh, Road. Okay, that looks at the like corner, at the corner of Cor- Ezel and Hayes. Corner of Ezel and, no, no, corner of, of Seifert, S-Y-F-E-R-T, and Ezel. Okay, 
Okay, well, that, I mean, that street is only a couple houses, so that's not very long. Can you wait at the corner of Haywood and Ezell? There's a parking lot right there. I can, I can, I, I can wait at the corner of Haywood and Ezell, yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to get this in touch, and we'll get somebody out there. Did, so was there anything specific? I understand that she's armed, so was her specific threat to shoot herself, or was that not mentioned? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay, and was there any other reasoning why or what was going on today to uh, cause no. No, dear, not. I, I got to drive before I call the wreck, so that's all I know right now. I'll meet the officers at the place you told me to. All right, we'll get somebody to you as soon as we can. Right. Okay. Thank you so very much. Mm-hmm. Bye. So there's a lot going on with this call here. Obviously, the girlfriend is the one who's threatened to commit suicide. They go out there, they do talk with her. She is found. She's got a couple small handguns with her. They take those, um, they put those in her property room. And they start trying to get her the help she needs on that end. What I'm going to focus on, that's, you know, that's not a, a small deal by itself, but it, it is, you know, compared to what else is going on. So I'm not really going to, you know, hark on that too much. But uh, the, the bomb making that he was talking about, that's a different story. So as I've read on this, it seems that the, the police department, they went out to the, the suspect's house, knocked on his door, got no answer. They turned, they wrote up a report about it. They forwarded up to the TBI and FBI, both of which ran checks on the guy, any, any type of previous things. The only thing that turned up was a marijuana conviction, uh, I think for possession back in the seventies. That's all they had on him. They had nothing else on him. Uh, no, you know, red flags, radar, anything like that. Nothing on the radar at all. So at that point, there was not much they could do past that. I'm a little bit critical, just slightly. Because it, it is one of those things where you, you have a kind of a a protocol on how you operate with things like this. It could have been that this girlfriend is just completely crazy. They There's nothing to it at all. And from everything that it looked like anyway, it seemed that it was like that. But if I was one of the officers out there or actually one of the commanding officers that knew about this incident, which they, they did, I would have tried to make multiple attempts at just talking to the guy. It's something very simple. They go out there a couple shifts, you know, something like that. Just just go out there, knock on the guy's door a couple more times at different times. Make sure he's home. Just talk to him. You know, he could have BS'd the, the officers and, you know, tossed his way out of it. But at least it would have been something that they had followed through with a little bit more than just knocking on the door one time and being done with it past forwarding up their, their kind of chain, I guess. I'm not saying that this could have been prevented, but it might have been able to. And so that's kind of what I would have done different on it. But since all this has happened, there's still been some things going on, believe it or not. People have started receiving packages from the suspect on this, friends of his. He sent out packages with typed out pages, thumb drives, just things with various files on them. Turns out, I mean, obviously the guy was crazy, but he was more crazy than what we initially thought. So he has, on some of the pages that he was writing, and some of the thumb drives, some of the files that he actually put on on the thumb drives, he was talking about all kinds of very, very weird stuff. Um, like as, as far as one of the packages goes, it, it contained at least nine typed pages and two Samsung thumb drives. And one of them starts out saying, hey, dude, this is some of the actual writings on there. Hey, dude, you will never believe what I found in the park. The knowledge I've gained is immer- immeasurable. I now understand everything. I mean, everything from who, what we really are to what the known universe really is. 
Now, those are some pretty bold claims, if you really think about it, to know what the universe really is. That's one person here on Earth that knows everything about the universe. Highly doubt that. He goes on to say later on some conspiracy theories about the whole 9-11. He said something about the moon landing and 9-11 have so many anomalies, they're hard to count. He also said that September 2011 was supposed to be the end game for the planet. He was talking about UFOs beginning attacks on the planet. But then after that, he starts writing about even more bizarre things. Things about reptilians and lizard people that he believed that actually control the earth and had various types of human DNA. One of the writings he put that they put a switch into the human brain so they could walk among us and appear human. Now, I'm not saying that that's uh, the truth or not, but I'll just let you kind of make your own decision. I mean, I've made mine. I think everybody else can make their assumption on that as well. But since all this has happened, there's been a lot of different conspiracy theories. A lot of people are coming out of the woodwork, people saying that this was not a bomb, it was a missile, and all kinds of stuff. None of that has been founded. It all looks like it. I mean, I'm not saying that this is absolute, but everything looks like it's. this is all coming from one guy who went crazy, who thought that there were lizard people from outer space that were infiltrating the world. And he knew all this stuff. And he also thought something about 5G, the new type of cell phone data that's going to happen, that's going to mess with people. So I think he was trying to disrupt some of that as well when he blew up the RV right in front of the AT&T building. That's really about it. There's no huge conspiracy behind this. It's just one dude who built a bomb in his backyard in his RV, pulled it up in front of a building, and blew it up. That's what it seems like. Now, if y'all have any other theories y'all want to discuss any further, I'll try to look into them as best as I can. I'm sure there's other people who have done some studies into it as well come on to our podcast discussion at uh, Music City 901 podcast discussion group on Facebook. Check out some of our other social media pages at Music City 901 pod. That's for the Facebook page, the main page where I just kind of put out messages and new episodes, things like that. Check out the Instagram and Twitter pages, both at Music City 901 and brand new. If you want to check it out, www.musiccity901.com. That's going to be the main website. I'm still working on it. I'm no web developer, so it is a slow process for me to learn how to do all this stuff. I'm working. If anybody has any tips like that, please be be sure to message me because I'll accept any any tips or any knowledge I can get from something along the web design uh, department. So I think that'll about do it for this episode. From Music City 911, I'm Brandon Hall. Y'all have a good one.